we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for November 21st, 2022. I will go ahead and open us up in the um, strategic warfare prayer and um, the, the warfare prayers that we rotate on a weekly or whenever I do an audio. So I'll go ahead and open us up. Father God in heaven, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come against and oppose all satanic operations, manipulations, subversions, tactics, and plans which are designed to hinder, prevent, or frustrate God's original plans and purposes from their swift manifestation taking place in the correct time and season. We come against all satanic alliances and confederations worldwide. Let every evil effort and endeavor fail. Cause the news media to be caught in their own lying and manipulation so that only truth is brought forth. We ask that every satanic strategy of prohibition and limitation placed upon the body of Christ by the dark side shall not prevail. We pray that all invisible and visible walls of opposition, restriction, and delay will be exposed and destroyed. O Lord, confound the devices of the wicked plans of the enemy that they have crafted so that their hands are not able to perform their evil enterprise. Save those that can be saved, O Lord, but those that cannot be saved, overtake them in their own crafty and devious ways. Let them fall into the very pits that they have dug for the righteous. Let the fire of God devour them and let them turn on and consume one another and have them in total confusion and derision. We loose the hosts of heaven to war against the hosts of darkness to bring an end to all deceptive, secretive, and destructive measures designed to destroy all of God's creation and, and defile the world. According to 1 John 3, 8, for this reason was the Son of God made manifest that he would destroy the works of the enemy. Father God, overrule all strategies, tactics, and curses of the enemy by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood, and overthrow all spoken words, enchantments, divinations, spells, hexes, vexes, curses, witchcraft prayers, and every idle word spoken contrary to God's original plans and purposes, according to Isaiah 54, 17, and break the curses associated with all these ceremonies, rituals, utterances, and destroy their plans to bring about a chaotic, bloody revolution in worldwide and to usher in martial law in the New World Order. Father God, we pray that their plans shall be uncovered and shall not prevail and shall be frustrated and unable to achieve any impact and that their wickedness and violent verbal dealings would return upon their own heads according to Psalm 16, um, 716. Father God, we humbly ask you to reveal every hidden agenda, plan, and cover-up in the secret shadow government regarding their attempts to manipulate end-time events which would lead to the destruction of your Christians and the innocent. Please send divine, powerful, angelic forces against their diabolical plans to expose and destroy them. We dispatch legions of warring angels and any other kind of angels that are necessary to enforce your perfect will on the United States of America and upon all the earth. Release your divine strategies and revelations upon any righteous person in government worldwide. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and cause your divine wisdom and courage to come upon them. Cause them to be like a holy trumpet, shedding light upon the dark, hidden secrets of the wicked. Send a spirit of confusion amongst the camp of the enemy. Let their tongues be divided, and when they communicate, let it be incoherent and misunderstood. Arrest those that operate in the spirit of Jezebel or Belial and all other wicked spirits, and cause them to be caught in their own lies and corruption. Let them not be able to resist the spirit of truth or gain any ground in the natural spiritual realm. Cause every evil, evil spirit that is released from their diabolical assignments to be cast into the abyss, until which they then be cast into the lake of fire, and that none will be able to take their place. Please cause these prayers and all future prayers to take on the characteristics of divine projectiles in the spirit realm so that they will accomplish your divine will. We seal this prayer by the blood of the Lamb and ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And with this prayer, um, I will. I always post these prayers in every um, PDF that I put up on a weekly or you know whenever I get audios up. In, in this particular one, if you're praying something and you wonder, okay, what's the biblical precedent? for this well there's tons of scriptures that i'm not reading commingled with this prayer so if, if you're interested that 
the scriptural premise is, is there in the prayer. Um, now, before I get into the first report here, I just saw this up on the internet, and I wanted just to play. It's only, um, it's not even a minute long, and it's Stephen Benoon, and again, I very, very much caution you regarding his biblical interpretation of scripture. Now, I've heard him say some of the most, wow, scripturally unsound things that, I mean, stuff I've never heard, ever. So I generally steer clear from him. There are some things that he has regarding current events, though, that are very, very interesting. And just understand, I would more go into this, like I would say, any any ministry, even including mine, glean, um, take it to the Lord in prayer, compare it against scripture. I don't have any ax to grind against Stephen Benoon. He looks like a really nice guy. His, his wife does. I, mean, I don't have any ax to grind. Um, but if you recall, I, it was the, the teaching I did last or the one before that where we read the Richie from Boston, the brief clip from him that talked about Dr. Kerry Madage, one of the COVID, you know, doctors, and her administration of hydrogen peroxide injections into Stephen Benoon's wife's family who were sick. And shortly thereafter, I believe the grandfather died and it had a horrible effect on the rest of the family. And not just a horrible effect physically, because I think more than one of them got these hydrogen peroxide injections, which I would never, ever advocate unless it was the only option left. And you've got to be so careful with hydrogen peroxide injections. I just not something I would ever even do, I guess. I mean, um, really, really risky stuff. And... This is the first video I've heard him acknowledging that. And I just wanted to play this brief clip so you would realize that, yes, that was legitimate. What I played, what I believe they went to Richie from Boston so that he would be the one because there's all these legal parameters they're trying to adhere to from a legal attorney standpoint. Their attorneys are saying you can't come out and make any accusations publicly against Kerry Madage because then we get into a legal problem before the whole court case is started, which evidently this is going to be brought into court um, because somebody died, I mean, essentially, from this. And I don't know if others are sick or maimed or the emotional scarring and on the, on the whole nine yards. Anyway, if you're, if you're interested in that, go to the teaching before this or the one before that, and you'll find it. It's just... Kerry Madage. You can key that in the search box at contendingfortruth.com and I'm sure you'll find it. Um, all right, so I'm just going to play this brief clip here. Go and I get that oh. type of a block. Okay, hold on. I'm going to switch out my microphones or my speaker here. Go and I get that type of a block. We're under an attack, friends. We're under attack like you have no idea. And yeah, so I, um, I know how it feels. I, I feel like I've really been under um, spiritual um attacks too for quite a while i haven't really said a whole lot I, I don't like to really bring prayer requests before my listeners if i can avoid it but i i just feel like for me it's more the enemy trying to attack me physically um so if yeah if you could maybe say a prayer for them and for for me um type of thing because that it, it's really real i mean I, like i said i've had i know i've had whole covens and 
witches and trying to astral project here and kill us for many, many years. I, I, would, I don't know how long it's been going out. I, I would suspect at least 15 uh, when probably I got on Sermon Audio, uh, which would actually it's actually be about 16 or a little bit more than that. And um, so I know I know what he's in, in reference to there. I sincerely ask and, and covet your prayers for my family. Uh, my wife definitely going through a hard time, and I'm sure some of you have already seen the video that uh, that was released that did talk about things that I have only alluded to. Now, I don't know if he's in reference to Richie from Boston. I, evidently, his wife, um, I can't remember. It's, it's you know, they go by Benoon. It's not really, I don't think, their real name, but... Um, there were some comments below saying, oh, I listened to your wife's video on this. So maybe that's what he's in reference to. I don't know. Maybe it's that and Richie from Boston's. But it, it we're getting confirmation as to what I played in that particular teaching. Still, I'm not allowed to speak about things publicly as of yet. Well, I shouldn't say that. There has been permission granted, but... It, the attorney has to be present right. in every... So this is a very, very legal... This is going to court. He's got to be real careful what he says at this point. Um, every step that we do, whether it be written or uh, interview-wise. Uh, so, yes, things are going to begin to come out very, very soon. Uh, so we wanted to make sure you're aware of that, too. Okay. So that's all I'm going to play there. The, the, it's really... The video is not really about that. Um, he's got some research that he's found out. Uh, regarding Israel and, and these types of things, and I haven't even listened to it yet, but um, just like I said, just be careful, you know, uh, regarding anybody, really, anybody up on the internet. Just always try to take it to the Lord in prayer and pray about it and compare it with Scripture and, and these types of things. Okay, so the first uh, video here is, I just entitled it, Cursed Objects and Demons in Your House. So he covers a lot of ground here in you know about a 12 minute period now this guy is micah stephen bell i don't know a ton about his theology okay so i'm not this isn't some blatant uh, approval on my part of this but i think what he talks about here uh, is is very important in something that um, I, I really think every Christian in the world would would need to hear this. And this is just a very very cliff note version of this subject. Hi, I'm Micah Bell, and this is Deliverance Talk. I want to talk to you today about some things that were amazing to me when I discovered them after I began to walk in the Spirit, after I received the Holy Spirit into my life and in the ministry that the Lord has given me, we began to find that there were things that, uh, as we prayed about it, we couldn't find an answer where people were having problems in their home or maybe sleeping and other things like this. I talked a few weeks ago about uh, stuffed animals in children's rooms and there would be problems of them sleeping and crying or being terrorized until these things were removed and that seems incredulous to uh, the natural mind to the carnal mind but there are things in the spirit that uh, 
the carnal mind will never understand. So we finally have to submit and say, Holy Spirit, show us these truths that we might be free. Some of you may be having a problem with some of this, but if so. Now, I'm not, this is not to say I think that every single stuffed animal is like bringing some curse into your house. This would be something, again, you would need to take to the Lord in prayer and on an individual you know, basis and, and see you know, where, where the Lord leads you. Uh, listen closely. I, I call this how to invite a demon into your house or into your life. And we can do that through objects and other things that we bring into our homes. The pattern is uh, back in Deuteronomy 32 where God speaks to uh, Israel through Moses. Moses in his uh, last uh, really uh, teaching or song, they call it the Song of Moses, he talked about how they turned to idols. And what was happening there with idols was, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, uh, what, what is it, 1 Corinthians 10, that the idol itself is nothing. But when a person has an object or something that has been dedicated, it invites uh, uh, spirits, it invites a demon. And a lot of cultures are very much aware of this. I remember one time I was uh, ministering in Cherokee, North Carolina, and one of the things they did there on the reservation, they had a big place where they manufactured moccasins. And the Indian people there told me, the Cherokee Indian friend of mine, said, yes, uh, the design patterns of the beads on the moccasins are to invite certain spirits to help in your walk, your warfare, or whatever you might be doing. And so this is spread out all over the country, and people, when they buy this, put it on don't, and don't realize what they're doing and what they're inviting into their lives. I mean, I'm, we've been through there many times, right through Cherokee. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's tons of like little, I'm sure they ship those moccasins out, but there's tons of little roadside stores selling all manner of, um, because I believe Cherokee is like basically within a, like a reservation, an Indian reservation type of place. It's up there in the mountains in Western North Carolina. I mean, far Western North Carolina. And one of the places, it, it, that area, I have felt more compelled to go and pray. And, um, you know, the, the prayer trips that we have taken where we did spiritual warfare, I felt more compelled to go to that area than any other area in North Carolina. And <clears throat> just, if you followed this minister over the years, you would, I've probably taken more trips there than any other place. Um, but yeah, Cherokee, that's... Definitely, you've got the Indian uh, presence there, um, and obviously <clears throat> the paganism that goes along with that. And I'm not demonizing Indians or anything. I, I love Indians. It's just that uh, their original religions were based in paganism. And even something as innocent as a moccasin with, you would never even think, might you could be bringing a cursed object in your house, and you bring these things in, and all of a sudden your life starts going haywire, and you wonder why, and you're being destroyed for lack of knowledge. You're, you're being, you're, because you're ignorant of Satan's devices. So he's getting an advantage of you, which is what the Bible warns about. So uh, objects uh, 
of various forms uh, that and, and the, the the motivation for making these objects can certainly invite spirits into your life i remember when i first came to well, and, and again you go to a lot of places and this may even be i know mexico is really bad for it i, I believe africa you got to really be careful about bringing that stuff back in your house tribal art stuff from mexico they will literally wanting to curse the tourists they will literally sell you stuff that has been cursed and you're paying for something authentic down in mexico that has literally been cursed you have no way of knowing typically i mean unless you're saved and, and the holy spirit convicts you about it and you're bringing that stuff back in i've told that story i believe but uh, when when schneblin before he got off in the left field uh bill schneblin where i believe they were Something about the, this couple that had been doing really good and all of a sudden their life just went insanely horribly wrong. Just disaster after disaster. And I believe Bill got there and he says, well, is there anything that you've brought into the house in the last, since this all started, that anything new? And they pointed to these, I believe, statues that were in the foyer. And they were these big, kind of like Mexican, I don't know, statues or whatever. And um, I, I'm probably not doing the whole story justice, but essentially what they started doing is they started praying. He started praying with the family and, and I believe asking God to point out or, um, I don't know, maybe destroy anything that is there that is bringing these curses. And as they're praying this, they hear these two gigantic like um, crashes and they go to the front for you and both, I believe it's, it was one or two, they had fallen on their faces and just smashed into a thousand pieces. Well, there you have your answer. <laughs> one time he said it was a lady, they went there and they were praying and she was having all kind of demonic issues where I think she was manifesting demonic stuff. He was doing some type of deliverance and asked the devil what it was and the devil looked over at this little spoon rack this you know how they have the little travel those little spoons that you can go oh, this one's from missouri and this one's from whatever and he went over there and looked at the spoon rack real close and there was one that had like the head of a frog on it and they i don't know what they did they i mean i always advise burn it and then get rid of it even if it's something that can't be burned they the devils associated with those things don't like fire typically unless it's what they call a fire elemental um, and once they got rid of that spoon, everything lifted off that woman. So you, you can't, I mean, you could say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, yeah, but how can you argue with the results? If you see something like that, cursed objects are real and it could be something as a tiny little spoon. It could be a thimble. Well, um, you just don't really ever know. So I like to err on the side of safety when it comes to the subject. Uh, understand things spiritually. I'd carried around a carved wooden statue that I'd bought in Mexico years before. There you go, Mexico. And for some reason, every time we would move to another house. And here he's showing a picture of it, what it looked like. I would take this thing, uh, kind of an ugly thing, and sit it on the mantel at the fireplace or put it in a prominent place in our home in the living room. And one day I was sitting there after I, I had received the Holy Spirit, and it's like the Holy Spirit said, see that thing over there? Get rid of it. And don't just get rid of it, burn it. Yeah. So I took it out on my barbecue pit and and burned and burned and burned. It, it was very difficult to burn, but I finally burned it up, and something lifted in our home. 
Now, again, this really brings me back to when I came up here in, up to North Carolina when I was in Florida. It was like, oh, it was 08 or 07. It was after I did the Prophecy Club tour. That was when I went and visited Colonel SC, the guy that they can't get to interview now. I, I talked about him, I don't know, two, three, four months ago in one of the studies that we did where the Fall Brothers were trying to get him to interview him and, um, but he's not doing interviews now because they came in and said, you know, listen, we're going to kill you and your family if you do these interviews anymore. I spent five days with him. And during that time, and I've told this story before, and I don't want to go over the whole thing, but God connected us with a veteran that had went down to Haiti. It was totally miraculous. We were at a post office and we weren't didn't know the guy. He didn't know the colonel. I didn't know him, obviously. And brings him out to me and we start talking he says you got to talk to this guy and, and i was sitting in the car he was he was in there doing the stuff with the post office the colonel was and so we invited him to the colonel's house that night he shows up full military regalia like he's dressed up like he's in the like he was in the uh armed services i thought that was kind of weird <laughs> because he wasn't in the i don't know what branch he was in but he was in black ops he went down to haiti and had some seriously horrible thing go on i mean he had that missing time and they kidnapped him and he brought a couple things home with him and his life had been in shambles ever since one of them was a vase for his wife they had since been divorced and the other was this voodoo walking stick okay and i started talking to him when we we're at the house that night and he brought up this voodoo walking stick and i said we gotta get so we gotta get that thing now and so I don't even know this guy. <laughs> get in his truck and we drive I don't know, a long way away to his house. We get the we get the walking stick. And he was it was in the back of his Bronco. It was all full with like cans and stuff. I had to crawl back because he wouldn't touch it. He was terrified of it. I went, I got it, and I immediately cracked it over my knee, which kind of in and of itself was a miracle because the thing was thick and um, I just think it was Holy Spirit type thing. Cracked it over my knee. He was so freaked out that I was even touching. He couldn't believe it broke over my knee. He was just freaked out. We bring it back to the colonels. And um, we um, he had this furnace going on. He, he, he did welding. And he was always welding way into the night. And he always had this, like, this type of furnace. This I don't know if it was. I think it was wood in the corner. And we threw the walking stick. I broke it in half. Threw it in there. And I couldn't believe how long it took to burn up. So when he said that about that idol, it took me back to that, you know. And then later we found out, um, I, I guess his life greatly improved after that. I told him, I said, you need to go to your wife. And I said, you need to offer her some kind of deal. Say, listen, I don't think this thing was good that I brought back from Haiti. I said, bribe her with something else something of equal value i don't know get it back so you can destroy that vase you gave her i said even if you guys don't get back together you still need to break that curse because it's not fair for her either because it might it's probably bringing a curse on her life because i think it was a two-part thing there um as far as i knew he did a lot better after that but i found out that night that the reason that after he left the colonel approached me and he said the reason he showed up in full military is because if you, if, if whatever solution, he was, I guess he was at the end of his rope, totally at the end of his rope. He would have been one of the, of the, of the 22 veterans that commit suicide every single day in America. Uh, maybe it's down to 21 now. I, I don't know. I, I've heard it came down like one. 
That's a that's a real statistic. And he was going to kill himself that night. He was going to, and that's how they they'll do it. They will dress up in their full military garb and and usually have their service revolver and you know uh, put it to the side of their head and it's over. And evidently, praise the Lord Jesus Christ, um, he didn't do it. And I guess hopefully I helped him. I I mean it was the Lord. It was totally God. I'm not going to take credit for any of it. I'm just saying it was totally God that I happened to be there and this all transpired. It was 100%. So then we have the time that I told you this was when back when I way back that when like the early oh man no like it, this would have been 99 98 I was in the charismatic church. And again, if you go to, if you can, Supernatural, at the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, you can hear that my whole, you can hear this whole thing in detail, probably in a lot better detail than I remember it now. I'm going to try to give you the cliff note version. I was taking a nap during the day. Uh, I didn't, I'm not sure exactly what day it was. I was in my parents' guest bedroom, and uh, I was sleeping i was laying on my right side and all of a sudden i and i'm getting to a point here so you know because it has to do with the subject i couldn't move i couldn't breathe i couldn't even open my eyes i couldn't talk couldn't do anything i was paralyzed from head to toe but it was the weirdest thing because it was the only time in my life that i could ever see through my mind's eye meaning i could still see everything in the room even though i didn't have my eyes opened it was the weirdest freakiest thing and at the foot of the bed i could see this it was about a seven foot cone it looked like a kind of a big tall cone of darkness and i knew that it was there to kill me i knew it was had to do something with the angel of death at which is actually called azrael yes and that's the cat on uh the smurfs the gargamel's cat azrael same name anyway uh if for any of you knew the smurf cartoon when you were younger anyway um and I knew that I had to get the name Jesus out of my mouth in order to make it all go away. Problem is, I couldn't talk. And I couldn't even open my eyes. And so I'm laying there, I'm freaking out, and I, I have this really huge desire at the same time that I need to get my eyes open because I, I knew something was on the bed with me. So I finally, finally, finally am able to get my eyes open. And it was like trying to lift a gigantic weight off you just to get my eyelids open and i literally saw this thing it was on the side of the bed with me and it was coming toward me and it was this little skeleton guy with like armor on and he had not he had swords like sabers in his hands and he was coming toward me like right at my face now listen I've never had anything like this happen before since. It's not like this happens to me all day. This isn't some like, oh, charismania. This happens to people in the charismatic movement all day long. I, I get it. I understand. Been there. Done it. This didn't happen to me when I was in, even in hardcore charismania. And he's coming at me. And I knew that I had to get the word Jesus out of my mouth. And it was all going to go away. I 100% knew. Now, I didn't even get into the dream I was having that led up to the thing. Again, key and supernatural if you want to hear the full this full story because it's really amazing. Um, but 
I tried and I was trying and again, it was like trying to lift a thousand pound weight off me. And I, and this thing is getting closer and closer to me. It's there to kill me. I knew it. And just as it's getting near me really close, I am able to get the word Jesus out of my mouth and instantaneously everything lifts. The little devil disappears. The seven foot cone of darkness at the foot of my bed is gone. It's all gone. Okay. So I, I go to the God and I ask him, I'm like, Lord, why did this happen? Well, part of it was I was in the charismatic movement. And I think that by itself, just stuff that I was probably doing unscripturally in the movement. Part of it was that occultists that were trying to kill me at that church, because see, I had actually organized something at the church because they were breaking into this charismatic church. It was called Kingsway Christian Center. It was probably still there in Cape Coral, Florida. They were breaking in between services. It was most likely somebody that went to the church that had a key. They were breaking in, and I don't mean kicking the door, and I mean somebody that had a key or knew how to pick a lock really good. And they were leaving bones and ashes on the pews, like in the seats between services. That's how bad it was getting. And this was like when I first was really getting into spiritual warfare. And so what I did is I organized some prayer warriors at the church where we would go and pray around the building and engage in spiritual warfare. And, and I knew I didn't know near what I knew now, but that was really evidently having an effect. And this is why they targeted in on me to try to kill me. They had found out where I was staying at my parents and had sacrificed a cat in the planner um, I don't know, it was about 20, from where I was sleeping, it was probably about 25 feet in a planter. And it was the neighbor's cat. I don't know how they did it. His name was Socks. He was the nicest little guy. Oh, so evil and wicked. And they sacked, they had killed the cat. And I don't know if they killed it there in the planter or not, but they had killed it and, and um, we found it like a day later because it was stinking. You couldn't really see inside the planter because it had, um, plants on the out perimeter and they put it on the inside near the near the tree there so they had sacrificed the cat and they had and i i know this sounds insane but on the the mulch bed that ran outside where i was sleeping i found a rat that had been killed and literally pinned down to on its back it had been pinned down so that was some of the reason they were able to get to me. But the, I think one of the biggest reasons was, and I said all that to say this because it has to do with this subject. I looked at the I looked at the headboard, okay, of this bed I was in. My, it was my parents' guest bedroom. And I hadn't looked in there in ages. Well, it, ha, it was a sliding headboard. And the headboard that was right above my head because I'd been praying about this. I'm like, Lord, show me why all this happened. I slid the headboard back and literally within probably a foot of my head, if not even closer, there were two black onyx, like black onyx, like stone little statues, jet black, shiny. And with like little, it looked like tribal. It looked like African little idols, okay? And they were there um, literally... Uh, less than probably a foot away from my head. And that's the same side this thing manifested. This little skeleton creature and the black cone of darkness was on that side of the bed. And that was the side of bed I was sleeping on facing toward. 
So that was a great example of something where I didn't even know it was there. And it could have literally, I mean, I could have died had God not protected me, obviously. And that's, that was what their goal was. But I got rid of those and um, never had that problem ever, ever again. So anyway, I'm going I'm to let this roll here more. And so I began to see these things. And so different objects, different things that we buy and so forth. We, we, I, some of you know about uh, bringing uh, lava rock home from Hawaii and yeah. how many people have sent that rock back from what is it? Kilo and that's just lava rock. I've heard people that go to ghost towns like in the in the west town because, you know, a lot of these ghost towns, a lot of um, a lot of them were old mining towns and a lot of death went on there. I mean. There are, there are mining towns where there's like people dying, like one person was average dying a week. Like, you know, they would get their, their, uh, they would get their silver and the gold. It was all based, a lot of it was based on greed and they would cash it in and then they would get raped at the bars for, for the liquor drinks. Um, and they would go, they would have the whorehouses in the, in the towns and it was all just evil based on vice and, and greed and, and debauchery and carnality and, I've heard people that w go to those um, those ghost towns. They just grab something from. Oh, this looks cool. Who who will miss it? And um, their life just falls apart just from doing that. He's talking about bringing lava back from like Hawaii, like Mount Kilimanjaro or whatever, and and people send the lava back because their life falls apart. So that's how. That's how real this is. Kilauea, the volcano Kilauea, that there's something that follows you home. Yep. And he's, ha, ah, you. Well, uh, a lot of people have scoffed at that and found out that that's really so. So uh, what does it do? It invites a spirit, a presence into your home, into your life. And these are the kinds of problems that I've seen with this. Uh, patterns in the house. Start having accidents in the house. Things where people are falling down, tripping or spilling or right. things and so forth. Uh, demons are able to do this. Yeah, and I'm talking about like falling for no reason. I've had this happen to me. You know, that type of weird stuff. Like just, you know, ankle gives out for like no reason whatsoever. Um, just stuff like that, you know. Uh, just be, a, be, a, be kind of cognizant of that. Lives. Well, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. Well, when you bring something like that that has a, a, a contact with a spirit into your home, even though you're a Christian, uh, that doesn't mean that they don't have a legal right to do what they're going to do with that. Right. So what's the answer? Well, I can pray. I can bind it. I, yeah, we can do cleansing through prayer and, 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 you know, invoking the blood of Jesus into the situation. But more times than not, we just need to get rid of the thing. I have We have a saying that something in your house like that when in doubt cast it out i have one friend that used to be a millionaire that got rid of a million dollars worth of artwork and so forth because he saw that it was demonically inspired mm -hmm. and a lot of artwork is yep. they call it the muse of art or whatever and and inviting these things into our home and not realizing what it's doing within our home heaviness in our home or whatever uh, a darkness or whatever. You go in homes uh, that is full of old antiques and, and the mustiness and the and so forth. And you say, what is this? Well, <laughs> it's spirits. Uh, 
Sometimes they move objects in our home. We, we know about that. We've seen that happen. And, and people wonder why. Doors closing, sounds. Whoa. Stuff disappearing. And you're like, what's going on? I mean, literally disappearing. Um, this, this type of activity. What's, uh, how can I have this in my home? Well, more times than not, it's something that you brought into your house or into your home uh, that it has given that thing a legal right to follow with it. And it's like an idol. No, you don't bow down and worship the thing. Certainly not. But uh, an idol is something that uh, has a spirit with it. And so people would form these things to invite spirits, and they do a ritual, and here comes the spirit. And, and they wanted that because they thought that that spirit could some way help them. And that, that's the pattern of idolatry. And that's what Israel got into. And that's what Paul warned the Christians there in Corinth about. Hey, uh, don't provoke God to jealousy, he says there in, in, in 1 Corinthians. And he says, because of that, they sacrificed to demons and not to God. And, and maybe not even know what they're doing. But anyway, we'll not go into detail about that. In fact, I have a book that I've written called No Other Gods. And right here it is, and I'm going to make it available on the website uh, here that you can order this book and uh, go through it because uh, I've, I've tried to uh, compile. So No Other Gods. Now, again, I don't know about all this guy's theology and everything, but I imagine if you keyed in Micah Stephen Bell on wine and no other gods you'd probably find the book uh, as much as I could from the past of my experiences with these kinds of things and I think this is very significant that this is coming right before Halloween this year uh, where now this was this video is from 2016 but we, we just we did just kind of go by Halloween there's a lot of things that are demonic that invite demonic activity into our lives uh, with the Halloween thing but uh, maybe we'll talk more about that the next time. So they move objects. And a big thing that I've found when you bring objects, when somebody tells me they're having trouble sleeping, when a Christian says, I, I just can't sleep, I, I, the first thing that comes to mind is, hey, there must be something in their bedroom or in their house, mostly in the bedroom, where they can't sleep. It's, it's affecting them. You say, no. I have found all kinds of things certain books and if you remember in acts 19 they burned the books thousands of dollars worth of books why because books on witchcraft books on murder books on these things will invite spirits yeah like witchcraft books about like murder like i don't know stephen king type book maybe or whatever those types of books can have spirits attached to them and that could also be creating havoc you know in your life i mean of all the things mentioned in the New Testament, as far as getting rid of cursed objects, that when they brought all those books together, that was the biggest thing they talked about, were the books. It wasn't, we gathered all of our idols together and burned them. It was the books. Maybe they had already brought, gotten rid of all the idol, idols because they knew that was overt. That was like a no-brainer, get rid of that stuff. But the books... Could have been something where it's like, well, we didn't think about that. And that's probably why that occurred in Acts. So kind of bear that in mind as well. And that's how some of these books are bestsellers, because there's a spirit involved. Yeah. 
and Satan likes to spread this kind of thing, and it gives uh, the the spirits, the unclean spirits, rights to to follow people home. Yep. With the book. <laughs> so, uh, I, I know knew a lady one time that she couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep. That was in our ministry years ago, and I said, look for her in your bedroom. And she kept looking. I can't find anything. I can't find anything. But well, finally one night she got up and looked in her jewelry box, and down in the bottom of the jewelry box was a Maltese cross that uh, her mother or somebody had given her. And uh, so uh, Maltese she, cross, he's showing a picture of that. It, it's very reminiscent of like a Nazi cross you would see. It's like a stylized cross that it's, you'd have to see it. They look like little trumpets going out from, from the, um, from the center. And it's, and it's not like a cross uh, of course, I don't. I don't advise bringing any crosses, crucifixes, crosses. I don't advise any of that either. And if you want to know why, see my teaching on um, just key and cross, and you'll and you'll find it. It's it's like the bearing the Christian cross versus the accursed tree. But just key and cross at contendingfortruth.com. I'll give you the reason I say that is because the cross symbol was a pagan symbol way before Jesus ever got here. Okay. It's one thing to bear the cross of Christ. It's another thing, I think, to actually bring that symbol and wear it. I, I would, I personally wouldn't do it. Okay, um, you know, do as your, as the Spirit leads you. Just make sure it's the Holy Spirit leading you. Anyway, he's showing a picture of a Maltese cross here. If you want to know what that, or just look it up online. So this, that's what this lady found in her jewelry box. Now remember what I said about the the little spoon with the tiny little frog head on it i mean it could be something as innocuous or as a tiny little cross in a jewelry box or a or a tiny little spoon on one of those little racks that this is there's something wrong here so she took it out and took it to her husband and they broke it open and where the break was it looked like the little heads of demons on eat on the uh, part of that cross i saw it. they brought it to show it to me before they destroyed it wow and so she was then able to sleep. I know this seems incredulous. Books, CDs, records, jewelry, images, uh, objects uh, of furniture. We had a, a family one time that had, had been in Japan, and they had brought all this uh, furniture home with dragons and so forth oh, on it. And no. their house, they were having problems with. And, and they He's showing pictures of, like, this dragon furniture. It's so over the top. I mean... It is so demonic. It's like serpents interwoven into dragons that are, I mean, oh, so bad. It's me and another brother to come over to their house and pray because they were having so many problems. And they were feeling something was wrong. And so we went and walked in there, and there was all this stuff with dragon heads on it and so forth. <laughs> and we said, you've got to get rid of this. And so oh, we can't do this. It's, it's too valuable. Oh, too valuable. Okay. Well, mm. it's your choice. Yeah. But... I can that tell needed you. to go directly into the burn barrel that you needed to, you know, <laughs> chop it up or, or whatever, throw it on a fire uh, out, I don't know, bonfire, and just burn it up and get rid of the, uh, get rid of the devils and connected with it. You from experience, uh, experience after experience after experience, uh, that this is true. It's true in my life, and it took me years after. I really turned to the Lord to really get free of a lot of things. Sometimes certain photographs. There was a lady uh, that 
Frank and Ida Hammond were praying for, and she kept uh, hearing a knocking in her house, knocking. She couldn't figure out what it was. Well, come to find out, she had a picture, if you've seen that classic picture, of Jesus standing at a door, knocking on the door. And they take this out of the book of Revelation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. <laughs> and so she took, uh, they said, take this picture out or get rid of it. <laughs> a picture of Jesus? Well, who has a picture of Jesus? Who? Oh, tons of people have pictures of, it's not Jesus, though. It's the Ascended Master, Esau, Sinan, Emmanuel, or what they call Master Jesus. He's one of the, the ones that we got from the Catholic Church, that interpretation of what Jesus looked like, even though they had no clue what he actually looked like. I've covered this many, many times. Can Master Jesus, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, we've done whole studies on the subject. And this is why I'm saying don't bring pictures of whoever you think Jesus is into your house. You're bringing a curse in. To your house this is not something jesus ever told us to do in fact the new testament warns against it you know come on anyway she took it out and put in the shed out and back and and so she went out one day to hang clothes on her clothesline out there and she heard the knocking in the shed and oh. finally got rid of the thing oh man because it was inviting a demon some so kind she of heard she heard knocking in the house from bringing this picture where and it showed the picture of it the the Jesus, the fake Jesus, knocking on the door, okay? So she was here knocking in her house when she had this. Then so she's like, well, I'm not going to get rid of it. I'll take it out to the shed. So she's out there doing laundry. She hears knocking on the shed door. <laughs> that is some freaky stuff. If, if you think about it, the Bible says in Acts 17, 29, which we just mentioned Acts, which is where they burned all the, the, the books and stuff. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, so this is to Christians, we ought not to think that the Godhead, okay, of course, you could say, okay, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, whatever, however you want to interpret that, the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven art, graven by art and man's device. So that would be a picture of whatever you perceive the Godhead to be, or maybe Jesus or Father God. We ought not to think, though, that the God has likened to gold or silver. Okay, that would be more like a statue. Okay, I have a statue of of Jesus or whatever I think that should look like, or or silver or stone. None of this is permitted because it all falls under the classification of idolatry, and we are not commanded anywhere. And if you just want to go by the New Testament, we're not commanded anywhere, and they weren't in the Old Testament either to erect whatever perception we had images of god and worship them okay um because god knew that would always evolve into idolatry and that's why we're we're very very much cautioned against it okay so let me just read you those verses and acts that he was in reference to and um this is i i believe uh okay so Acts 19.15, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are ye? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped upon them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell upon all of them and the name of the Lord Jesus was, was magnified. And many that believed, okay, many that believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, in other words, they got saved, came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, and these were, these were basically pagans, okay? Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together 
and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it was 50,000 pieces of silver. And this is just in one conversion meeting. What was the first thing they did? They got rid of the cursed objects out of their house. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they were told to do that or whether they just knew. They probably just knew by the prompting of the Holy Spirit that we need to do this now. Okay. So again, how often do you hear this now though? When somebody gets saved, do the, and I'm again, I'm not cu coming against ministers that lead people to the Lord. I'm just saying, if we take scripture as a precedent, shouldn't this be something that kind of should be done in conjunction with salvation or at least very, very shortly afterward? I mean, okay. And baptism and this type of thing, cleanse your house. Okay. Do an education because you're going to have so much less problems in your Christian walk. If you don't have tons of cursed objects in your house, I mean, they're going to, they're going to come alive. These curses are going to come alive once you're saved. If you don't get rid of them, uh, demons that may not have even been bothering you that much. Now they're going to be your mortal enemy. I mean, not to say they weren't before, but I'm saying now, if you're a Christian, now they're already in your house, they have a right to attack you. And now they really want to go after you. Before you were already kind of on Satan's team. Now you're saved. Now it's not. So now you might start to, to find, why am I having so many problems? Well, that might be why. You know, and I realize sometimes you might be in a situation like I was at my parents' house where they've got all kind of cursed objects in the house. I've done whole teachings on that too. I finally convinced my parents and, and to let me get rid of a whole slew of them and stuff. And it did help. It did help. And I think that might have ultimately helped with both their conversions but i mean the demons were so thick in my parents house that my dad who was into um he installed the last business he had he was installing video security systems you heard the concept of, concept of orbs okay orbs you'll you, all these paranormal places go and they'll they'll see orbs and stuff and pictures and stuff like that it's always a bad sign it's a bad sign of like demons and devils There were so many orbs in my dad's cameras, like you could see them literally. The one on the back porch, they were swirling. I mean, it, it was like there was this gaggle. There was this flock of orbs that were literally you could see on the camera. A lot, of, Most of the time you can't see them in, on, with your naked eye, but you'll be able to see them for some reason in pictures and on cameras and things of this nature. A lot of those paranormal shows document that. They were so thick at my parents' house. And I, I, I begged my parents, I'm like, Dad, Mom, Dad, I've got to get rid of this tribal art you've got. You, I mean, if you're going to let me destroy anything, let me destroy all these African voodoo statues you've got. In the, most of them, a lot of them were in the guest bathroom, I think. Uh, they were elsewhere, too. And I remember that night, they let me do it, and it had to be God. I was in the, their garage, chainsawing them up. <laughs> I think it was an electric chainsaw. And then I, I don't know what I did beyond that. I don't, I don't know where I could have burned them because they didn't have a fireplace. But I, I got rid of them. And the effect on the, cam on the video cameras was instant. All those orbs that I saw swirling in the back on camera were gone. Now, I'm not to say they didn't have other cursed objects. But that was a whole level of, of um, demonic entities that were dispatched because I did that, you know, and because the Lord gave me favor to do it, you know. So I'm, I'm just saying I have a lot of experience in this area. I'm not even telling you the half of what, I 
mean, I've forgotten probably more about this than I even remember all of my, because I mean, my parents were very, my mom was into yoga and, and, it was rock and roll and, and there was nothing Christian in the house and it was very very there was all these there were obelisks in there and all kind of statues and all manner of stuff I mean that house was severely haunted I mean severely um, probably still is to, is to this day that's the problem though is, is that if you don't get the stuff out of there you can't expect it to you know plus they weren't even Christians for the very very up, up until the very uh, end of the time when they got saved and Anyway, it was a mess. Okay, so this is almost over here. Religious spirit, I guess I don't know. But this is this is real, folks. This is real. Oh yeah. The spirit realm is real, and the spirit realm can affect us, and they can do these things. And uh, I, I I can't even make a list long enough. So I would simply say, if if you've got an issue, pray about this and so forth. And then uh, you're welcome to order this little book where I cover uh, these. Yeah, no, it's called No Other Gods, Micah, Stephen Bell. I don't know how you're supposed to order because there's no, there's no, so many times I'll hear, oh, I'm going to put a link below. And there's nothing below at all. <laughs> and there's nothing below here. So I don't know. You just have to search it out. ...of things and in detail, not from theology, but from experience of walking in the in the spirit which we're all called to do as believers so i bring this to you in hopes that it will help somebody and that's what these little deliverance talks are all about so i hope again that uh, uh I, it'll be a help to you i'm micah bell this is deliverance talk so I thought that that was really good, succinct. You covered a lot of ground there. That's something that every single Christian needs to hear, and we need to hear it. I, I needed to hear it again, as much as I've done along those lines. I mean, I've probably done more than 99.9% .9 of the Christians regarding that particular subject. Not because I'm better, I'm just saying, just because I've been cognizant of it for so long. Um I've seen the effects of if you don't remove these things, you're not know, as well as died once, you know, in my parents' guest bedroom. So it's kind of near and dear to me, that thing. Anyway, and I post this a lot. It's how to pass from curse to blessing, self-deliverance. It's uh, four different steps you can go through that will help you also get deliverance. And, and this would be like, okay, really ideally something that you would want to do after you got rid of at least as many cursed objects as you had any conviction about getting rid of because if you're trying to do self-deliverance and you're surrounded by the cursed objects that are probably the reason you got infested in the first place or, or maybe or influenced in the first place you're going to get limited results okay so it's always about let's get to the root of the problem and that's what I'm trying to kind of help move you in that direction now, along the same lines, the next report is survey reveals mass mental illness in Gen Z, Generation Z, with 57% of young people now taking medications just to cope. And that means mind-altering pharmacia, which is where we base the root word for sorcery off of, medications. Okay, these aren't antibiotics. These are, these are mind-altering because if you're using a drug to help you cope, then... Obviously, it's something like Prozac or those. And the main ingredient in most of those is fluoride. Yes, that's the main ingredient in Prozac. By far the main. 
which again, burns out your lower brain lobes. There's a gigantic demonic component with it. It was first used in the concentration camps in Nazi Germany in order to um, create a very compliant, docile, dumbed down bunch of concentration camp victims so that they could easily be executed and told what to do and they wouldn't fight back. Because that's what fluoride does. And it's a big reason why people are just so compliant. And why people just are, you, you think, well, what's, what's it going to take for America? America's already been lobotomized. Then you have the, all the vaccines and the kill shots. And what that's doing to people's minds. Especially the COVID shot. And then you have the medications. Then you have the people that are just, you know, doing all kind of recreational drugs and stuff. Um, you know, they're, they're high out of their mind or they're drunk all the time or, or, or whatever. Okay. And then you've got a host of other factors. So it's no wonder that, you know, America is so has, has been, has not really fought back in the way that they should be. And I don't, I don't mean a shooting war. I just mean, you know, having seen all these atrocities committed that we kind of document on a week to week basis and very little action from what I'm seeing from you know i'd say you know the vast majority of the population a lot of it is what i just mentioned so after facing two and a half years of lockdowns restrictions and fear propaganda isolation and harmful mandates the young generation z are dealing with several mental health conditions an analysis conducted by harmony health it finds that millions of young adults are dealing with the new mental health problems that were brought in during the covid19 uh, scamdemic according to the pew research center Gen Z represents the generation between born between 1997 and 2012, which encompasses approximately 68 million young people ages 10 to 25. The latest survey finds that 42% of Gen Z now struggles with mental health problems. 42%. And many of these issues are treated with daily therapy and medication. These are demonic problems, guys. Now, granted, yeah, there's a high likelihood there's chemical imbalance, too. There's a high likelihood that all the, you know, the fluoride, the chlorine, the, all the garbage they're doing, the chemtrails, the, the GMOs, and there's, a, I'm sure, they're totally deficient in all kind of nutritional cofactors. Their liver's probably totally gummed up there. But there's also demonic component as well. And this is why this ministry at least in part has existed because i'm trying i I, tr I would try to point out to my listeners okay there's a lot of times with these types of things especially if, if it's a mental condition you've got your you've got your overt physical component remember we're body soul and spirit and then there's this other component which is the demonic component which i rarely ever ever see addressed in even in christian circles uh how that can affect you now people that are aware of the deliverance issues and things of like that they're about the only ones that will really acknowledge that some will but it's not common um so i i think the problem's multi-faceted here uh these they're being treated with daily therapy and medications these problems include anxiety disorders attention deficit hyperactivity adhd depression and post-traumatic stress disorder 80% deal with bouts of depression and 90% deal with anxiety on a daily basis. Loneliness, uncertainty, anxiety, and depression now grip most young people. A majority of young people who responded to the survey, I mean 75%, report that 
the pandemic lockdown era negatively impacted their mental health, bringing about severe loneliness and an overwhelming uncertainty uh, about the future. Of the thousand respondents, 20% now see a therapist on a regular basis, 39% get therapy. You know it's all secular based too. I mean, there's some of it I'm sure is maybe whatever, but a lot of it's psychiatrists who are gonna prescribe you drugs, that type of stuff, uh, pharmacia. Uh, they 39% get therapy for mental health issues once a week. A shocking 57% of the Gen Z respondents here take some form of medication on a regular basis just to cope. Wow. Wow. And I mean, you know, you compare our generation to like World War II. Or that generation to World War II. Those people. Okay. Go back and watch some documentaries on what they were dealing with. I mean, I'm not going to say a whole lot more. But this generation is two times more likely to struggle with emotional distress than the two generations that came before. Um, which are the Millennials and Generation X. So, Yeah. Okay, so then to this I will add, and this is from 2014. Now I did I did a couple updates here, but millions of Americans on antidepressants and um, other facts about America's endless uh, pharmaceutical nightmare. 19.86% um, of adults are experiencing a mental illness. Now this was in 2014. So... Um, you know it's more now. You could probably just say it's 25%. So you would say a quarter of adults most likely currency are experiencing a mental illness, which is demonic. Most There is always a demonic component with a mental illness. Okay? Uh, granted, yeah, there there could be a very, uh, a very big um, nutritional component as well. And that would include the, sub, the, the whole thing of um, desperately in need of detoxification in the body. You've heard me talk a lot about that in the past. I won't go too far down that today, that rabbit trail. But I believe a lot, most of the time, it's a combination of the two, okay? And really both need ideally addressed, okay? So if you had somebody in a horrible nutritional status, their liver was gummed up beyond belief. Let's say they've been on meds for so long. They, let's say they've been on multiple antibiotics. They had no flora in their intestine. Their liver was all gummed up. They're, they had a sack full of gallstones. They're... they're kidneys were under stress they had all this toxicity and and heavy metals and and you know in their body they had uh, graphene oxide from all the chemtrails and other ways they're putting it into us and let's say they do a full deliverance protocol but you don't address the other yeah they're going to feel better but they're again you're only as strong as the weakest link in your chain that then becomes the weakest link in the chain and they're still going to have probably um, issues in those regards they're going to just not feel good from that alone so um, this is equivalent to 50 million Americans are experiencing a mental illness. Now, granted, I don't know what it is now. We, we don't really know, but, um, I'll give you some updates here in a second. Again, this original report was from 2014. Has there ever been a nation more hooked on drugs than the United States? And I am not talking about illegal drugs, which is just off the scale now too. Um, they, they got the new fentanyl thing now where was it bezos or uh i don't know bonzos or bongos or i don't know what 
benzos yeah they're combining fentanyl benzos now and it's i've, I've heard that this stuff so lethal that even the drug addicts that take the tin foil off just to get to the drug can sometimes die just from it's so beyond it'll kill you that quick um all this is being put into america and brought into america to do that exact thing that's why they want to give them the needles and they want to have you know that that's their solution the new world order solution here give them the needles give them the make sure they have the clean needles and, and make sure they have all the drug paraphernalia and their crack pipes and all that other stuff which is on literally all stuff they've done and are doing in order to kill off the useless eaters a little bit quicker that's how they view them okay so um now i say how i view them saying that's how they view them the truth is that the number of Americans addicted to legal drugs is far greater than the number of Americans addicted to illegal drugs. And as you will read about below, more than 30 million Americans are currently on antidepressants and doctors, and again, this was in 2014, and doctors in the U.S. wrote more than 250 million prescriptions for painkillers last year, which is a whole other subject. Um, update. So I did a little more to see if I could get some more current statistics. Update, 2020, March 12th, 2020, more than 37 million Americans take antidepressants in 2020, as of March of 2020. Uh, I tried to find out for 2022, I couldn't find that, but I did find out for 2022 that basically 20% of adults are experiencing a mental illness, which is what was in the, the, uh, the header for this report. Almost 20% of adults are experiencing a mental illness equivalent to nearly 50 million Americans. The state prevalence of adult mental illness ranges from 16.37% in New Jersey. Now, this is as of 2022. So 16%, 16.37% of the people that live in New Jersey have a mental illness. Okay. Two, the worst being Utah where 26.86% of people that live in Utah have a mental illness. What do you got to worry about in Utah? Isn't it all those Mormons? Yeah, it's a big death cult. It's a big, fat death cult. Pseudo-Christian, take you straight into hellfire, works-based, basically a knockoff of Freemasonry, death cult. Just key in Mormonism in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Or if you want to hear about Jehovah Witnesses, that one, I did a teaching on them. I've done little mini ones on Seventh Day Adventists. They're all they're all death cults. They're all works based pseudo Christian, mean fake Christianity uh, death cults that will take you to hellfire, and that's why they're there. And Utah, which has the highest percentage of Mormons, oh the good Mormons, the 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 ones that are that are salt of the earth, they're they're good upright Christian people. Then why, if it was such a wonderful little death cult? Do, do they have the highest percent of mental illness of any of the 50 states? <laughs> I mean, they're right-leaning, right? I mean, it's not like there's some, you know, Fruit Loop state, like, you know, in, in like, let's say New York or something. And I mean, I'm not talking about really upstate, but it's like, like New York City and those types of people. I'm not demonizing everybody there. I'm just saying a overtly um, liberal uh, state is what I'm in reference to. No, no, isn't Utah? very very conservative and right-leaning yeah well why do they well they're all it has the highest incidence of mormonism than any other state so there i mean most of the people there are in that death cult so it's no wonder with the demons in play with mormonism 
that they'd have the highest uh, rate of, of mental illness. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that Utah loves to own that. When you drive into Utah, that's what you see. Highest, we, we are the number one state for mental illness in, in, all the con- in all the country. That's our claim to fame in Utah now. Isn't that neat? According to uh, SAMHSA, which is some governing body or something, any mil- mental illness... Uh, and any mental illness or AMI is defined as having a diagnosable mental behavior or emotional disorder other than um, a developmental or substance abuse disorder. Any mental illness includes persons who have mild, moderate, and serious mental illnesses. So that's what those statistics I just gave you. That's what it encompasses. Sadly, most people... Now, this is... I'm going back to the report from 2014. Sadly, most people got hooked on these drugs very innocently. They trusted their doctors, would never prescribe them something uh, that would be harmful to them, and they trusted that the federal government would never approve any of the drugs that were not safe. Well, wrong on both accounts. Now, I'm not saying all doctors are evil or anything like that, but they're part of a corrupted system, and they've been taught one way... And they generally are not taught anything nutritionally or anything alternative ever. Okay, they're taught this symptom, this drug. Okay, you take the drugs, they all have side effects. Well, then you got to take more drugs to counteract those side effects. And then eventually, if all works out according to the um, medical pharma cartel, you become a surgical candidate. And then you have that, all those expenses. So, and once the drug companies get you hooked, they often have have you for life you see the reality of the matter is that some of these legal drugs are actually some of the most addictive substances on the planet yeah they are oxycontin that type of stuff yeah and when they start raising the prices on those drugs there isn't much that the addicts can do about it well what the addicts do is then they go to heroin or they'll go to those types of drugs because they don't cost near as much granted they're they're even more risky obviously way more risky but it's the cost factor. They can they can get a whole lot more, I guess, bang for the buck in their eyes. And that's how they end up ultimately as homeless on the streets and then dead, which is the whole purpose of this thing, okay? Uh, from a satanic standpoint, especially. So it is a brutally efficient business model and the pharmaceutical industry guards their territory fiercely very powerful people will often do some really crazy things when there are hundreds of billions of dollars at stake the following are some facts about the american endless pharmaceutical nightmare that everyone should know there are there's 21 i'm only going to give you six okay for the sake of time but um the first one we already went over according to new york times more than 30 million americans are currently taking antidepressants remember that was 2014 we know it's at least 37 million as of 2020 number two the rate of antidepressants oppressant use among middle-aged women is far higher for the population as a whole at this point one out of every four women in their 40s and 50s is taking an antidepressant medication now i don't mean to be mean but when i was in private practice this is the demographic by far that i had the most problem with by far okay really 40s, 50s, 60s, okay? I would have women patients come in and see me and I would bend over backwards to try to help them and I cannot tell you how many times the minute I did something they perceived as a slight or whatever that they turned their back on me and stabbed me in the back in ways I could not even imagine. 
And I saw it happen over and over again. And I'm thinking, man, wow. Okay, now I'm not coming down on my listener base or anything in that demographic. I'm not coming down. I'm just saying that was my experience in private practice as a chiropractor. Okay, so anyway. Okay, so number three, Americans account for about 5% of the global population. Now listen to this. And this was in 2014. America's account for about five, only 5% of the global population. And I don't know if that's the case now. But we buy more than 50% of, of all pharmaceutical drugs. And we only are 5% of the population. What? And there's a link to all these little things if you want to know more about it, like proving it. Like the the where that came from, technologyreview.com, featured story, um, that statistic I just gave you. Number four, Americans also consume a whopping 80% of all prescription painkillers on a worldwide basis. 80%. This, I mean, this is just mind-blowing. And these are things, when you deal with these painkillers and you deal with the pharmacy and you deal with these mind-altering meds that are primarily based like Prozac and a lot of the other mind-altering ones, Prozac, Paxil and all these, their main ingredient is fluoride, which is a poison, which is a horrible byproduct of the aluminum industry, which again was first used in uh, the concentration camps in Nazi Germany, like Auschwitz and these types of things made by IG Farben, which was the driving financial force behind Hitler. I think we're going to talk about that in a second. I mean, again, it's a big reason why this ministry is exi- I've been trying to scream about this stuff for so long because the body of Christ is being destroyed for lack of knowledge and they're ignorant on so many levels of, of Satan's devices. So Satan has got an advantage of them. I don't want that to happen to them. I didn't like it when it was happening to me. And then when I realized a lot of these things, I'm like, I need to start a ministry <laughs> because I don't see a lot of ministries out there talking about this. And there's some, you know, but I just think it's, it's lo- woefully lacking this type of information, unfortunately. Um, so, Number five, it's hard to believe, but doctors in the United States write 259 million prescriptions for painkillers every year. I mean, there's only, well, I don't know, 330 million in the United States. So, I mean, obviously a lot of those prescriptions are going to the same people, but I mean, prescription painkillers are some of the most addictive legal drugs and our doctors are serving as enablers for millions upon millions of Americans that find themselves hooked on drugs that they cannot kick and then when they can't afford them they go to the streets and they get their heroin or whatever drug that they want to use as a substitute overall six point overall pharmaceutical drug use in America is at an all-time high And again, this was 2014. According to the study conducted by Mayo Clinic, nearly 70% of all Americans are on at least one prescription drug. 70%. And 20% of all Americans are on at least five. And who knows what that is now? I mean, every time I go by like 
Walgreens or CVS. I mean, there's always a line there for everybody to get their meds. <sighs> now, I did a six-part teaching back in September of 2008. The first four parts was entitled Pharmacia, Sorcery, Pharmaceuticals, and the Roots of Modern Day um, modern day uh, medicine, basically. Um, I'm just going to read you the description of that teaching for the first four parts. Pharmakia is a form of Greek, is the form of the Greek root word from which we get our English word pharmacy, pharmacist, pharmaceutical. In the Bible, pharmakia, which is, you know, the root word there, carried with it the idea of sorcery, occultism, and black magic. It is in this sense that Paul used the term in Galatians 5.20 as the word witchcraft. In Revelation 9.21 and 18.23, it is translated sorceries. Do you find it rather disturbing that approximately, now at the time, 60% of the population is taking at least one pharmaceutical drug every day? Well, remember, it flashed forward to 2014, that was up to 70%. So things weren't getting better, and who knows what it is now? Who knows how many people are taking, especially after covid the whole that whole debacle some are taking up to 15 and 20 per day remember i did this in 2008 we're told that we are living in a time of the greatest medical breakthroughs in the history of the world yet over 1 million americans suffer from various health problems and that's way above that now why is such a large majority of the world become dependent upon pharmaceutical drugs Perhaps you're one of the hundreds of millions around the world that's ingesting a daily dose of pharmaceutical medicine. Is it possible that pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical medical cartel has a disease treatment and not a disease cure in mind? When they're put through medical college, it's how to treat it. When the pharmaceutical companies like IG Farben, which rebranded itself after World War II, got into our country, or even, even before that, they went to the colleges, the medical colleges, which, which I believe this was in the 20s, which were in shambles at the time, for the most part, and they offered them a big old suitcase full of money, and they said, would you like this? And they're like, yeah. Okay, you only got to do a couple things. We're going to help you design curriculum. We're going to, basically, we're going to tell you what you're going to do regarding treating patients. Okay. Uh, and, but we're going to then revamp your colleges. They're going to be really, really nice. You're going to, you know, have all the, the greatest and the best. But at that point, everything in the medical colleges that they were teaching, the ones that took the money, and virtually all of them did just about, whenever you had somebody come in that had a particular malady, there were always chemicals that were prescribed because that's what drugs are. They're chemicals. From that point forward, all the curriculum moved into a chemical-based treatment system. All these chemicals have side effects. None of them typically ever fixed the problem because it was, all, it was always about reoccurring revenue. They swept the problem under the rug with the pharmaceuticals. Then what happens when you sweep something under the rug? Well, it festers. It gets worse. It gets... Okay, that's by design. Then it turns into a problem where you have to take more drugs to counteract the side effects of the other drugs which creates more side effects then eventually you become a surgical candidate that is the profit model for the modern day medical pharma cartel and vaccines are obviously firmly entrenched in that whole system um 
so again, I'll read the last line. Is it possible that the pharmaceutical medical cartel has disease treatment and not disease cure in mind? Well, it's very obvious that's the way it is. The most powerful German economic corporate, corporate emporium in the first half of the century was known as IG Farben and was nothing more than a powerful cartel which split into BASF, Bayer, and Hoist and other German chemical companies uh, after World War II because they had to rebrand themselves. IG Farben was the single largest donor to the election campaign of Adolf Hitler. It was the driving monetary force behind Adolf Hitler. I mean, you see how much money he had behind him? All those flags and all the regalia and, and the gigantic stadiums and, and all the torches and all the... Do you know how many back then, even millions and millions and millions of dollars that cost? Hitler was like a failed house painter at one point. He didn't just do all that on his own. He was selected to play that part. And I'm not saying he wasn't a total psychopath, demon-possessed of the toenails type of dude. But he had a ton of money behind him. And this was the primary economic force behind him. Um, I.G. Farben was the single lar largest donor to the election of Adolf Hitler and the beginning of the modern modern-day pharmaceutical industry. Zyklon B gas, the extermination gas produced by Hoist, which was a basically part of I.G. Farben, was used to kill millions of innocent people in the death camps. Now we're not even getting into the fluoride <laughs> that they were dumping into the water at the death camps to make them docile and to dumb them down. The U.S. government's investigation of all the factors leading to World War II in 1946 came to the conclusion that without I.G. Farben, the Second World War would not have been possible, at least not in the European theater. And I doubt that the, the, the um, Japanese would have attacked because they wouldn't have wanted to have faced all of America's full military might which just focused on them. They knew that our... Um, they knew that things were going to be split. Our efforts would be split in the in the European sector and in the Pacific sector. That's a big reason that they that I'm not saying it wasn't planned. Okay, I, I know there's a lot of you know I could do a whole study on that one, but they knew that we would have to split our efforts. So it emboldened them even more. Then. My other part five and part six is entitled Pharmakia, the Shocking Truth About Vaccinations and Inoculations. I'll read you this real quick. For over 30 years, the pharmaceutical companies in this country have been producing vaccines derived from tissues of aborted babies, a fact that was brought to light. And a lot of the COVID vaccines are too. I haven't emphasized that enough, but there are a lot of the main players in the, in the COVID-19 vaxes are also produced off aborted babies. This fact was brought to light when several Catholic newspapers published articles on the morality of using these vaccines. The trouble began when a new law in St. Louis County, Missouri, required food handlers to obtain a hepatitis A vaccine for employment. When the source of the vaccine was revealed, many principled individuals objected, and for good reason. As this, was, as this information has become public, more and more physicians and parents are troubled by the ethical issues involved. Some ingredients in the vaccines, as listed by the CDC on their website, include aluminum, which causes Alzheimer's, formaldehyde, which is embalming fluid, thimerosal, which contains 49.6% mercury, which is so beyond toxic I can't even begin to describe it to you. These are toxins which are never to be consumed orally. But, miraculously, in vaccines, they can be injected directly into the body, evidently with no problems. Makes total sense, right? 
Is this not a veritable witch's brew of chemicals, organisms, and animal parts? Yeah, it sure is. What the CDC does not list is the 13 vaccines at present, and now I did this teaching in 2008, there's more now. The 13 vaccines um, present, which are actually cultured off aborted human babies. Most of the others are cultured off monkey kidney cells, fetal Reese monkey lung cells, or chicken embryos. Doesn't sound like a witch's brew to me, though. Anyway, those two parts, I get into that. Now, I've obviously done a ton more teachings on vaccines since then. but So I'll just get into this uh, real quick. I'm not going to go into depth, but I put a section in here on, and I, I entitled it Depression and Anxiety Natural Remedies Protocols and Listener Testimonials. So I don't want to just go over all that information and then just leave you hanging. Like, okay, well, what do we do? Okay, well, obviously, eat as clean as you can detoxify it's always good to do a liver gallbladder detox colon kidney those types of things that that could only help um these are some other things you can do this is from a listener richard he sent this to me february 7 2020 he said praise report thank you for your last order for my mother she had a stroke and she's doing much better now um i probably sent him some sent her some natokinase um Anyway, also, thank you for my daughter. She has been on psych meds, and you gave me a protocol for her, and after three months, she has fully recovered. So again, you give the body what it needs, and it can do miraculous things. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. I'll give God the total credit. Uh, God continues uh, blessing on you and your family. What I also put in here is um, um, a, a report and it's entitled Magnesium Found to, to Treat Depression Better Than Antidepressant Drugs. Just magnesium, a good form. Uh, not like magnesium oxide, but a good form. The one, the primary one I use, I think it uses like three really good forms. Uh, anyway, this was um, a breakthrough nutritional study conducted at Lennar College of Medicine at the University of Vermont and published in PLOS One has found that just 248 milligrams of magnesium per day leads to an astounding reversal of depression symptoms in study subjects. Just something like that. One little thing. Well, again, you're only as strong as the weakest link in your chain. And Magnesium is really super important stuff. My comment on this is I said, whenever possible, it is advisable to purchase vitamins and mineral products and some kind of whole food base as this increases absorption and tolerance magnesium is an essential nutrient required for proper functioning of nearly every system in the body among its critical roles are assisting with atp production which has a lot to do with energy promoting healthy neurotransmitter levels and cognitive health as well as cardiovascular support uh, it is also necessary to drive enzymatic reactions and it is a major contributor to the production of of protein in the body Recent studies also indicate that magnesium is also crucially important for supporting bone health. There have been studies demonstrating widespread deficiencies of this vital nutrient even in developed countries, indicating the need for an increased intake of magnesium. Just if you want to know, this is the best magnesium product I carry for this application because there's I, I carry another one called magne, magnesium orotate, which is way better if you're having cardiovascular heart issues. It's a specific magnesium. It's really good for heart conditions. This one is the one, they're both from Biotics, and this is called Magzyme Magnesium, 100 count. I take three or four before bed every night, and it, and it will help relax you and with sleep, and it's it's good for that too. Uh, usually, it's also the first thing I would start with if you had a case of 
um, people with were cramping, like if they were all getting just muscle cramps, typically I'll start with magnesium. Okay, the links that are posted here in this PDF are for purely informational purposes. They're not to order from. Uh, and then I give you my email address if you're interested. Uh, th this is another longtime listener. And um, she said to me, let me tell you this for your own knowledge and you can use it as a reference for people with vitamin D deficiency. Vitamin D, okay, is in dog, deficiency, if they wonder if it's worth taking. Uh, David had been suffering with depression and it finally came to a head in December. The doctor wanted to get him on meds right away, but I insisted on a vitamin D, B, and magnesium test. Okay, so she's pretty knowledgeable. His D came back, because you can get your vitamin D levels checked. His D came back at 18.9, and it should have been 30. Now, this is a super common thing to have low vitamin D3 levels in the body. One of the biggest um, nutritional deficiencies there is. So his was 18.9, it should have been more than 30. So they said it was severe. After two days, after his first mega dose of D, he started acting and feeling better. Now, I always re recommend the D3 form, okay, because that's the really active form. Uh, also, with um, you really want to have it with K1 and K2, and that's the version I sell. Is It's in an enzymatic food base. It has the K1, it has the K2, and it has the D3, all in an enzymatic food base, and it's the BioDK caps. That's the one I like. Whether you get it from me or whether you find it online, it's from Biotics. It's really good. And if you're really deficient, you can start, I mean, you could start like four day, I'd split it up with meals. I probably wouldn't stay in that high dosage for a long period of time because it is a fat-soluble vitamin. The fat-soluble vitamins are A, D, E, and K. And with fat-soluble vitamins, you can't just take those at a really super high dose. You will eventually start getting side effects because they're fat-soluble. They don't get out of the body near as quick as water-soluble vitamins like vitamin C. If you know, you know you're taking too much vitamin C if you start getting diarrhea, okay? With, with fat soluble, you'll have really bad joint, you'll start to get really bad joint pains, okay, out of like nowhere. So that's kind of how you know as a general rule of thumb if you're taking too much of a fat soluble vitamin. So anyway, um, uh, she said after first, the first two days on his mega dose of D3, or well, she says D, he started acting and feeling better. Well, vitamin D3 has a huge connection with depression. Why would that be? Well, it's also called like the sunlight vitamin. If you go out like in the summer and you get sun and it hits your skin, it actually makes D3 in the skin and your body pulls it in. That's the best way to get it, okay? Um, but for a lot of people, it's not practical. They're not out in the sun enough. Um, they're, um, it's just not something they're getting. Then when it hits winter um, and it's really cold and then they're really not out in the sun and the sun's not even, the sun's at a lower trajectory in the sky so you're not getting this quality of, of the sun rays, that's when a lot of people get super depressed because they're not getting enough D3 production. And that's why there's such a high rate of suicide like up in Alaska and in Seattle and those types of places, especially during the winter when it's dark for a majority amount of the day. The further you go north, the more it's dark during the winter. The more it stays dark. I mean, up in Alaska, it won't get any more past dusk the whole winter. And they have very high rates of suicide. It's primarily because of this D3 and, and how the sunlight stimulates the pineal gland as well. I'll get into that in a second.
Um, so he's more talkative and he's laughing now. Sadness comes and goes like in all of us, but I would no longer classify him as depressed anymore. And this was just from, I, I don't know if they, if she gave him anything else than D3, but again, we've got D3, we've got magnesium. Um, fish oils, another one that can have a tremendous impact on that and um, a really good quality fish oil. You know, I carry a pretty good one. Well, no, it's it's awesome. Anyway, um, that's another thing that, that can have a big bearing. Okay, so what I just did is I, I forgot to put this one in there. I put in the the current um, fish oil, the like molecularly distilled fish oil, Da Vinci Labs Omega-3. And then I've got one for kids too, Genestra DHA. And it's the DHA component of the Omega-3 fish oils that really is the best for mental health. The DHA component. You've got the EPA component and you've got the DHA. The EPA is better for cardiovascular cases on an omega-3 fish oil. Okay. Um, the um, DHA is better for the mental side, for the well-being side. So if you were going to do everything you could for depression, okay. Let's say you'd cleaned out the liver, the gallbladder, you're eating clean hopefully and and um you were wanting to try to get off meds or something like that now i can't ever advise you in that regard but a lot of people come to me and they'll say well i'm going to go off these what would you do okay well i have a i have a section here and it's, it's entitled depression remedies as an alternative doctor i would never advise my patients to come off mind-altering drugs cold turkey especially the longer you've been on them the more you are chemically dependent upon them okay it will not turn out good if you go off them cold turkey unless God literally intervenes so their system is not dependent on this. Now, I'm not saying God can't do that. I'm just saying that's typically not the way it works. Okay, Most drugs are addictive, so you have to supply the body with what it really needs. While you try to wean yourself off the meds, the clinical protocol I recommend to my customers is, and again, you can substitute things in here. I already said the vitamin D3, which would be one we just talked about. Um, bio DK, I carry also one that's a chewable D3 and a gummy D3, but the D, the bio DK biotics is the best D3 I have. It's an enzymatic food base. It has vitamin K, uh, K1 and K2 already in it. And you really need those to process the D3. So that's where I'd go. The B vitamin, because B vitamins are also implicated in depression cases. The one that biotics makes that I like is called bio GGG dash B. Um, three day on those, and then the a magnesium product we talked about that, and I I like I'm gravitating more and more to biotics. I, they're really good, and most of the their products are in and are in an enzymatic food base, so you you absorb them better. Okay, and that one's Magzyme magnesium, uh, three day, and then I added the fish oils in there as well now granted i that's a that's a like a four-part protocol i'm not saying everybody would have to do all that i'm saying if you were going to pull out all the stops and you were trying to wean yourself off these mind-altering psychotropic meds that's what i would do personally take it to the lord in prayer um i give you the links here but the links are just for informational purposes only not to say you can't find these online though too okay they are professional lines that that I do carry. So this would be taken until they had totally weaned themselves off the medications for at least a week. And then if they so choose, they could start to reduce their dosage. 
So what you do with clinical nutrition, like I just mentioned, is you take a lot more of it up front. And then as you get better, then you can start to wean yourself off. Now with drugs, it's the exact opposite. You take the least amount you need to get an effect. And then your body's always going to come become more dependent upon it. Your receptors are going to become blunted for that medication. So you got to take more. Then a lot of times you might have to switch your medications or take more of a, or take multiple ones because you're, you're, you're um, getting addicted to these things over time. So I like doing it the other way. That's not addictive. Uh, these are essentially food tablets, most of them not drugs. It takes a lot of effort to break free from a chemical dependency like this, so I'm more aggressive in the beginning and taper down as the patient progresses, which is kind of what I just stated. Now, another thing that you can do along the lines of stimulating the pineal gland, and this kind of um, is integral with the D3, is you can use light therapy, okay? And... Um, there are these light boxes you can buy and you can I give you a link to one I just I just did uh, click on that earlier and it's not available but there's tons of ones you can get online there's I, I try not to buy stuff on Amazon but I will research on Amazon and see what the customers who have actual or verified purchases will say and that gives you a good baseline uh, to know if I want to purchase this or not and you can shop price and things of that nature so this next little section is uh entitled how to use light therapy my comment is the more i research this the more i'm seeing a stellar testimonials from individuals about using these devices even a lot of psychiatrists psychologists in particular will use these and these are good for people with sads seasonal affective disorder okay which again is typically a d3 deficiency and a sunlight deficiency and it typically occurs obviously in the times of the month where you have less light now that's also going to occur more prevalently in northern states the further you go north the less sunlight you're going to get during the winter in particular so that's when you're going to see sad seasonal affective disorder really kicking in on a lot of people um um, and anyway, I, I give you a link to that one and there's a, there's a little video here that tells you how to use the light boxes. A light box can be useful for more than seasonal affective disorder. It has been recommended for use as a add on treatment for depression. Absolutely. It can help also shift your body clock. If that's off, uh, this video shows you how to use a light box. So I'll give you a couple different videos on how to use a light box. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Oh uh, boy, let me see where we're at here on time. Okay, so I'm going to try to get in one more report here and then we'll I'm going to shift gears and go to part two. This next one is entitled Klaus Schwab, the architect of the Great Reset and the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Basically, Lucifer in human form, if he's even human, uh, made a surprise appearance at the G20 Summit of Nations in Indonesia to make sure the plans for the Great Reset were staying on track. Every year, the leaders of the G20 members meet to discuss mainly economic and financial matters and coordinate policy on some other issues of mutual interest, or so says the Council of Foreign Relations website. This is a gathering of the most powerful nations with the most influential economies. So can someone please tell me what the architect of the Great Reset and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, Klaus Schwab, was doing there? Standing before the G, or they're calling it B20, but I think it's G20, yesterday, um, he opened his mouth and out poured a beautifully crafted monologue that could have been lifted from one of those cheesy 1990 prophecy movies we talk about. Remember, 
well, and again, this is from Now the End Begins, that ministry. Anyway, remember that clip we played for you on a podcast a few weeks ago where Klaus Schwab is bragging about all the people he has on his Young Global Leaders program? Oh, you mean like Ivanka Trump? Uh, you mean like he, at one time it was um, Putin, uh, Vladimir Putin was there, uh, Trudeau, and a host of other people that are now currently leaders in a lot of these COVID-19 kill countries that we just, all that, that we just experienced there. So, uh, Klaus was bragging about all these people that he has in his Young Global Leaders Program. The photo at the top of this article shows him with two of them. And it's Trudeau and it's this other guy um, who evidently this is, the one in the middle in this picture is named Rishi Sunak. He just became the Prime Minister of the UK. Okay, and it shows Klaus Schwab right next to him. So, they're all, it's it's all one big, evil, sick, twisted dark cabal and they're all tied together you know regarding this back in the midst of the covid um scamdemic klaus schwab sees the opportunity to advance his agenda writing quote there's now a brief opportunity for global leaders to cooperate to to achieve the great reset a step forwards to a more resilient cohesive equitable and prosperous world if we look at the at all the challenges we can speak about multiple crises economic political social economic ecological and institutional crisis crises schwab said at the g20 summit yes g20 but actually what we have to confront is a deep systemic and structural restruct structural restructuring of the world and this will take some time and will look differently after we've gone through this transition process that was quotes from him from this thing he goes on to say we have continuous partnerships with many governments around the world of course Schwab said in the, has said in the past that, quote, then, of course, we have the NGOs, we have trade unions, we have all those different parts, the media, of course, yeah, the media who's bought, sold, and controlled by this, and very important experts and scientists in academia, and also religious leaders and social entrepreneurs. Yeah, because they're trying to get as many people to deceive you and delude you and, and to lie to you so you will go into the Great Reset and the Fourth Industrial Revolution without a whimper. And that's what their goal was. And so this was just one more meeting where they were, you know, moving toward the, that end. So that's all I have for part one. And we will go to part two. And God bless you and see you in part two.